live and local. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. This is the Jordy Holtberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holtberg. And a great good afternoon and welcome. Happy Friday, April 22nd, the year 2022. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite. In the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037, the game. We're also in Lake Charles at 1041, the game. So it's great to be with you. Hope you're having a wonderful, wonderful day. We're here for the next two hours, brought to you by Eon of Lafayette, smarter body contouring. The first robotic touchless laser body contouring device for non-invasive permanent fat loss. We've got a lot to cover today. The Pelicans back in action tonight, game three. I think it's the most pivotal game of the series. Phoenix is going to come in without Devin Booker. They're going to come in and do the very, very best they can to try and steal one in New Orleans. The Pels can take advantage sees control of this series with a win. Uh, Chris Connor at the Bird Rights will join us in a few minutes to preview that. Tomorrow is the LSU spring football game. Lots of positions up for grab. Of course, the quarterback position comes first center stage. It'll be offense versus defense. We'll have an update and a preview uh, the Tigers having a little walkthrough light practice today, which will be practice number 14 of spring. And then tomorrow at 1 o'clock, it'll be the annual L Club spring football encounter. Matthew Bruni will join us for that. LSU baseball took care of business, did what they needed in a 5-3 to three series opening win over Missouri. Uh, Mikhail Hilliard gave LSU seven Strong innings on the mound. Jacob Berry set the tone with home runs in his first two at-bats. The Tigers played error-free defense. All in all, a good night. So we'll recap that one, set the stage for game number two. But with the win, LSU is now 25-12 and 12 overall, 8-8 eight and eight in the SEC. Um, they win today. They get the series win, <coughs> and that's always significant. First pitch is slated for 6.30 tonight, and as you heard in the two-minute drill, you can hear that um, <coughs> right here on 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Excuse me. Um, LSU softball uh, continuing to roll. Uh, they look to... Um, Extend their win streak to five games tonight. They begin a big uh, three-game road series at number 13, Georgia. LSU enters the contest ranked 21st in the nation after sweeping South Carolina last weekend and beating McNeese on Tuesday. So we'll keep you up to speed on that. 
word out in the recruiting ranks, and it's a very busy weekend of recruiting. Um, Brian Kelly bought a bought a two million dollar home. I jog past it just about every day. It's right there on the LSU lakes. You look out the uh, the front door and on the up upstairs balcony. And you can see Tiger Stadium. You can see Memorial Stadium. It's all within a one-mile radius, which means Brian Kelly can have um, uh, guests come over on non-official visits, and he'll have a whole bunch of them this weekend. And this good news, whether it's going to parlay in anything down the road or not, um, we, we shall see. We shall see. But Nelson Stewart is the head football coach of Isidore Newman High School in New Orleans, who just happens to have a quarterback by the name of Arch Manning. Um, Nelson Stewart had this to say about Brian Kelly. He said, quote, no coach has come through and made as strong of an impression as Brian Kelly, comparing Kelly to other LSU coaches. He has a humility and authenticity when you meet him, you feel like you've known him forever. An LSU offer is the prestigious offer. When kids get that offer, it's very, very special. LSU has the tradition, facilities, and recruiting. Uh, it's a very special place. It does sell itself. When LSU football is rolling, I don't think there's anything as exciting in the state of Louisiana. So apparently, obviously, he's made an impression on the high school coach, but more importantly, has he made the impression on the kid? Um, we shall see. We shall see. At least LSU is being considered. And according to our good friend, friend of the program, Steve Wiltfong, um, he said uh, Manning has taken three visits to Alabama, three to Georgia. He's taken three to Texas. He's taken two to Florida, Ole Miss, and LSU. He said LSU and Florida are making moves under their coaching staffs. Uh, Brian Kelly and company in Baton Rouge, I'm told the communication has been strong there. So I like the fact that Brian Kelly said, okay, so everybody thinks it's Alabama or it's Georgia or it's Texas. Um, he's got connections with Tennessee. He's got connections with Ole Miss. Uh, we're still going to fight. We're going to give it our best shot and we're going to figure out what it takes and go from there. So I like that aspect of things. Um, We've got uh, coming up in hour number two, Larry Holder. The NFL draft is right around the corner. We'll get his thoughts. He's done a bunch of simulations. What are the Saints going to do? Drew Brees doesn't think the Saints need a quarterback. He's very high on Jameis Winston. He says Andy Dalton's played in a lot of games, won a lot of games, took teams to the NFL playoffs, and he still believes that Taysom Hill should be a 10 to 15 play quarterback each and every game. Well, that's Drew's opinion, but he doesn't think the Saints need a quarterback, but uh, we shall see. George Faust will join us as he does each and every Friday, and uh, he'll talk about everything with the Ragin' Cajuns as um, Matt Deggs' baseball team uh, at 5 o'clock today. Uh, they will take on Georgia State on the road to open a three-game Sun Belt series. Cajuns enter the series 20 and 16 overall, nine and six in league play. That's good for a three-way tie for fourth place, just one game behind third place, Georgia State. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about softball, who's been on quite a roll. They um, hope to finish off their long road trip unbeaten 
as they face App State this weekend. Jerry Glasgow and this, uh, this spring break road trip trying to toughen out his rage and Cajun. So far, they've passed the test. They're 6-0. and They will begin um, their Sunbelt Series at App State starting at 4 p.m. today in Boone, North Carolina. So they've slept in five states in a six-day period. Whew. Um, if that doesn't develop some toughness uh, for the Sun Belt tournament coming up, that's pretty good. They they swept South Alabama on the road. They beat Illinois four to two in eight innings. Beat Indiana eleven and two. Uh, so the Cajuns are now thirty two and ten overall. They're in sole possession of the Sun Belt's top spot at fifteen and three. App State is seven and nine. So uh, this team should should continue on their merry ways. All right, so. We've got that. And then George Becknell will join us. He's doing a little part-time reporting for us. He is at the Zurich Classic. He'll join us as he always does. And George and my producer, James Mesh, uh, will knock around some things uh, as we do each and every Friday. So that is the lineup du jour. And uh, so we've got NBA hoops, some great games last night. Boy, Golden State looks good uh, Utah is in trouble. They've lost again to the Dallas Mavericks, who again have played without Luka Doncic, um, and, and they're they're rolling along. Um, one firing in the NBA: Michael Jordan's Charlotte Hornets fired coach James Borrego after four seasons. He was one thirty-eight and one sixty-three. He just um, just couldn't get it done at all. So. Uh, Ben Simmons, very hopeful for a game four return, had a press conference today, hopes to be able to play for the, um, Brooklyn Nets on Monday. Yep. Um, and on the college basketball front, Jay Wright says he retired as the basketball coach at Villanova because he didn't have the edge that he always had, um, Speaking of basketball news, on the LSU basketball front, uh, the Matt McMahon added another player. Now he's got eight players on his roster. He got Mississippi State transfer forward Derek Fountain, a 6'9 forward. Um, went to Mississippi State after coming out of Holly Springs High School in North Carolina. He appeared in 25 games with three, three starts. He just averaged 1.8 points per game, but... But he had his breakout game, a career-high game, in February of 21. Uh, Fountain scored a career-high 20 points as a freshman against Will Wade's Tigers. Great news on the women's basketball front. It's official now. Kim Mulkey uh, addressed the fact that um, Bob Starkey is coming back to Tigertown. He was on LSU's women's basketball coaching staff during five Final Four appearances he also coached on the men's side. He's a film junkie, uh, very organized, very um, uh, just into all of that stuff. He, he's, he's just a good, good guy, and he's coming back. He's got 30 years of SEC coaching experience. He comes to LSU after one year of coaching at Auburn. So he was on staffs that coached Mahmoud abdul Rauf, Simone Augusta, Sylvia Fowles, Tamika Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Stanley Roberts. He had a 22-year stint in Baton Rouge. So that's that's pretty darn good. All right. 
That's some of your headlines of the day. We got you covered from A to Z. It's a fun-filled Friday. When we return, we'll talk Pell's Suns Game 3. Woo! Chris Connor. after this timeout. The Jordy Helfer Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We are Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. And we are back at 17 minutes after the hour. The list is only five teams long. The Denver Nuggets in 1994, the New York Knicks in 1999, the Golden State Warriors in 2007, the Memphis Grizzlies in 2011, and the Philadelphia 76ers in 2012. Since the NBA playoffs expanded in 1984, there's only eight. There's only the, those are the only number eight seeds to knock off a number one seed. The New Orleans Pelicans can join that club over the next week or so, um, which is why the Smoothie King Center will be alive and in living color like it never has before in a while for a basketball game as they host the Phoenix Suns tonight in game three. Uh, look, it, um, Pels split the first two games out there in the, in the heat and in the desert. Um, and, and they got it done. So the Pels earned their way in via the play in tournament. They beat the San Antonio Spurs at home, pressurized situation, got it done. Then two days later, they had to travel all the way across country to the West coast. They beat the LA Clippers on the road. And what's great about this, with a young club like this, many would feel satisfied. Satisfied with a win. Maybe win one game. Maybe two against the Suns and then take that momentum and ride it into next season and prepare for the return of Zion Williamson and all the great expectations. But that all changed Tuesday night when the Pels won one of their most memorable games in franchise history. Um, everybody expects the Phoenix Suns to be in the Western Conference Championship. And maybe they are. They're a very deep, talented club. Deep and talented club. But the Pels got it done. And they won it. Now their confidence is up. Can they get it done tonight? As I said and have been saying... I think this is the most critical game of the series for New Orleans. I still think all the pressure is on the Pelicans. They stole one on the road. That's great, but you got to protect your home quarter. That game does absolutely nothing. No Devin Booker, no Zion Williamson. Yes, there's Chris Paul. Yes, there's Brandon Ingram. Who, who are the Suns going to to rely on to pick up the slack. They're a pretty good team. There's no question about that. And it'll be very, very interesting. Look, the Pels aren't your typical number eight seed. 
They just aren't. And that became very, very obvious with the best acquisition or the best job that David Griffin has done during his tenure. And that's picking up C.J. McCollum in February. So now you've got an all-star caliber tandem in McCollum and Brandon Ingram. You know that it's you know that McCollum has never been an all-star? Huh. That is that is really, really, really hard to believe. The other thing, the Pels are healthy. And the chemistry is right. They're eight and three since the all-star break in games in which Ingram, McCullum, Jonas Valanciunas are in the lineup. And you add that with the fact that a couple of rookies aren't playing like rookies. That's pretty good. Sometimes you got to get, be good. Sometimes you got to be lucky. And it's um, the fact that Devin Booker injured his hamstring certainly gives the Saint uh, the Pels a break, a huge break that maybe they weren't expecting. Booker had 31 in the first half of the last game, the one that the Pelicans won. And now he's going to be out for two to three weeks, according to a report yesterday. Now, the Suns have enough depth to win without Booker, and as Willie Green said, with Booker, they're dangerous. Without Booker, they're dangerous. But, man, without Booker, it sure increases the Pelicans' chances as long as they don't go, ah, Devin Booker's out. Can't do that. Can't do that. You've got to expect their best punch and um, get ready. Get ready. So... It's a big night. It's going to be packed to the rafters. And the Pels are playing with a lot of confidence. And that's a dangerous entity. So it's like any game. You better get out of the gate hurry and get the crowd engaged early. And then you got a chance to do something, something terrific tonight. You got to do something terrific. T-shirts with that uh, you got a fight message will be given to fans Sunday at game four. That was a, uh, a message that Green delivered to his team when it was trailing the Clippers by double digits in the win or go home play-in game. You got to fight. And so that's their mantra. And that is their mantra. So we shall see. What happens that we're efforting to get Chris Connor. He said um, he would be ready in about two minutes. So if James, if you can give him a call, um, we shall see. We shall see if we can get him. The key to the game, I think, um, Phoenix, Chris Paul is going to try and run the show, obviously. And he's going to try and get the ball, I think, to DeAndre Ayton, the big post player. I think they got to develop an inside game first and then kick it outside because the other players for Phoenix need uh, that catch and shoot mentality. What Devin Booker does is he's an all around scorer. He can catch it and shoot it. He can catch it, dribble it and shoot it. He can drive all the way to the rim and, and finish. He's just a tremendous, tremendous offensive talent. I think Phoenix is going to really try and attack the interior 
with DeAndre Ayton and see if they can get Jonas Valanciunas in some kind of foul trouble, maybe slow the pace of the game down a little bit, and go from there. We shall see. Uh, But the playoffs are all about making adjustments. Now we got Chris Connor on here for just a few minutes. Um, Who does a great job covering the Pels? Chris, thank you. I know you're busy. I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Um, What are your thoughts heading into this, I think, the most pivotal game of the series, game three? What's going on, Jordy, man? Um, No, man, um, I I mean, you know, my thoughts are that the Suns are going to come out with just an all-out blitz, right? You know, yep. they, um, you know, I don't, I could, the pressure's on them, right? You know, I mean, the Pelicans are the team that's, uh, you know, kind of playing with house money at this at this point. And, you know, now without Devin Booker, a lot of things change in how, you know, if you're, if you're Phoenix, how you attack New Orleans on both sides of the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now, you know, you were in a situation where it was clear that Phoenix was the most talented and, you know, you would say, you know, experienced team. Well, you know, now you look at a ton team without Devin Booker, you know, you can argue that that has changed, you know, from a perspective. So, uh, you know, you could, you could argue that the Pelicans not have the best player in the series in Brandon Ingram. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, you know, I, I think, you know, this game three, it's going to be very, very interesting to see how Phoenix comes out energy-wise. I know that they're going to want to take, take control of the crowd. Because, I mean, look, man, the, the way New Orleans is playing – the rhythm that they're getting into, you know, with rotations and just the way guys are playing and them being, you know, them finding, them uh, getting getting healthy and starting to get some production out of certain guys. With the way that, with the way that crowd is going to be, you don't want to be in a situation with Phoenix in which, you know, you're down early and you have to fight back in an environment like the one that, you know, that we're going to see. So energy is going to be everything. I'm with you. I think, I think Chris Paul is going to – intentionally try to get DeAndre more involved offensively. I think that's the answer. Uh, now the onus is on Jonas Valanciunas to be able to try to defend him without fouling. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the message from Monty Williams to his club. DeAndre Ayton, you're going to have to go, come up big. You're going to have to score. You're going to have to rebound for Phoenix to have a legitimate chance to win this thing. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I think, you know, you look at, you look at, um, Sure, you know Phoenix has been in situations all year where they've had to play without without certain guys, right. whether it's Aiden or whether it's Booker or whether it's Chris Paul. They you know they found a way to make it work, but it's a difference between doing that in regular season games and get um, you know separate or random opponents and being in a series with a team that you know isn't your ordinary HC. And we're talking from a talent and just right. the way that they've been playing when they've had Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum on the floor. So, I mean, I'm with you. I think, you know, it's definitely going to be a game in which or, you know, a series from here on more than likely where DeAndre Aiden is going to play a, a large role. And, you know, we've, we've seen what he's been able to do in small, in small sample sizes offensively against New Orleans. But, you know, a lot of that is it's with a space floor where, you know, Devin Booker's on one side and Chris Paul's controlling it. Or you got Chris Paul spotting up Devin Booker with the ball in his hand. Right. Now right. with, you know, you're in, you're in a spot where you don't have that other electric, you know, uh, backcourt mate, it's just different. The look that they're going to be getting, is, you know, is different. The spacing is going to be a little bit different. They're not going to be able to move the ball and have the amount of freedom in which they normally, you know, are able to do. You know, you can kind of play a little bit further up. You can have certain guys roam if you choose to. 
Um, mm-hmm. The two man game is going to be there, but man, I, you know, I just you know you have to feel better, a lot better about New Orleans' chances. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see how Phoenix looks to attack, but you know, there's there's no replacing Devin Booker. No, you're right, and, and what's scary, what I'm worried about if I'm Phoenix. Yeah, the Pels stole one at our place, and I don't think C.J. McCollum has come close to playing to the level that he has prior to this series. I mean, his shooting has been down. He just hadn't been the same player. I think the home crowd, the home court will change that, and this becomes a scary club. Yeah, and and, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, we haven't seen one of those games from start to finish where C.J. just um, – you know, you know, games where, you know, you saw him in Portland play in the postseason, you know, the yeah. 2000, I think, 19 against Denver was just yeah. game to game. He was carrying the team, you know, uh, and that's saying a lot when Dane Lillard was right there. You know what I mean? You know, and, and, and we're talking him doing this in games on the road, you know, game seven, where he just almost single-handedly put them away. Um, that's saying a lot. And to, you know, we've seen him – uh, in this series, have moments, right? You know, he'll start off slow or maybe he'll get things going. But, it, you know, it hadn't been – it's been up and down. It hasn't been from start to finish to where C.J. put his imprint on the game early and often. Uh, yeah. This these this is the kind of game in which he arrived for, where, um, you know, the, the crowd is going to be crazy. Everybody's going to have, you know, a little bit of extra juice. And – I just think, you know, he's made for these kind of moments. He's made for this kind of game. B.I. had his game. C.J., between game three or four, I think it's time for him to show up. Um, and not to say, I mean, and listen, he had a great game in a game two. But could you see a 30-point 30, 30 game, 35-point game? You know, Easy. Um, it could be on the horizon. I'm with you. Um, all right, we're, we're basically out of time here. We greatly appreciate it. Give me, give me a prediction. How do you see this game playing out? Man, I, I you know I think the Pelicans are going to win. Um, you know I just I think that it's too much right now. I think number one, it's been proven that the Pelicans are tough to are tough to defend if they're hitting shots, and they don't have to hit it at the clip in which they did before. But you know you even looked in game two, Devin Booker scores thirty one points in the first half, and you're only down five. Uh, right. New Orleans isn't right. you know they're not they're not playing afraid, and I think now with Jackson with them figuring out some things in game two for Jackson Hayes and beyond. Larry Nance, the flexibility that they can throw mm-hmm. out with the top-end talent they have um, in that building, I think it's going to be too much. It's a lot to ask from a 36-year-old Chris Paul. You know, um, and I, I think New Orleans are going to come out with a victory. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they end up winning the game by 10 or more points. That's, I think, I with the level that they're at right now and just the composure um, along with the intensity and the excitement that they're bringing right now. Chris Connor, thank you so much, man. Enjoy the ball game tonight. I know you will. I'll be right beside you, buddy, watching every second of it. So thank you. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you take care. Uh, speaking of the NBA playoffs, that means next level basketball. Get ready for all the action by betting the uh, the tournament with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can get $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You can clinch a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets for the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, for each of the games, get a risk-free bet up to $10 if your same-game parlay doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. 
Use promo code 1037GAME, bet $5 on any team to win their game and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code 1037GAME at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, physically present in Louisiana. Availability varies by parish. Eligibility restrictions apply. Minimum $5 minimum deposit. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles. Gambling problem? Call one 877 Zero stop. That's one eight seven 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 zero seven eight six seven. We'll take a time out when we come back. Spring football extravaganza in Tiger Town. Preview it next here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game one zero three seven Lafayette one zero four one Lake Charles. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 37 minutes after the hour, LSU spring football game, LSU baseball. We've got news on the basketball front, both men and women. Busy times in Tigertown. Matthew Bruni of Go247 Sports here for everything. Hey, Matthew, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm just, uh, you know, get, staying busy. Another basketball transfer. Uh, it's been uh, it's, uh, starting to wind down, though. You know, spring game tomorrow, so uh, we'll see how it's Amen, going after that. Huh? Amen. Uh, who you got, the Pels or the Suns tonight, by the way? You're a hoop guy. Whew. Um, Man, I really liked how the Pels have played them. Um, I do worry about the Suns' defense uh, being a little bit more locked in than last game. I don't know what happened. They just started breaking down. Uh Man, I, I, I'll take the Pels. I'll take the Pels game there three. There you go. All right, let's talk about the spring game. But first of all, I said this before. You got LSU baseball playing at 12. Why is the spring football game at 1 o'clock? Well, who was the marketing genius behind that? Why didn't they move the football game back to like 4 so people could walk across the street and go to both? I don't get it. I don't I don't get it either, man. I, I don't get it either. Some, someone made a mistake somewhere. Someone's got to answer for this. Yeah, doesn't make any sense. All right, uh, other than the quarterback position, what else are you uh, interested in watching come tomorrow when it's offense versus defense? I don't know what the heck that means, but I guess it's not going to be the purple versus the gold. It's just going to be offense. I, I don't know. What, what are you looking forward to? Yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure how it's going to be running. There's going to be, you know, offense points, and then defense gets points for the sacks, interceptions, tackle for loss, stuff. all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Obviously, you know, been to a lot of spring practices, have a pretty good idea of who they're running as far as the ones and the twos goes. Um, I think defensively, I, I'm just interested to see how, how they align, how they play, because throughout spring, it's been, it's looked a lot like Matt House's Kentucky's defense, uh, defenses in a sense, just in how they align and the personnel that they're using. Uh, they showed some dime packages. They they just look like they're trying stuff out, and so I'm interested to see how they mm-hmm. how they do. And then obviously you got Greg Penn at linebacker, Mike Jones at linebacker. They've done well, um, and not for nothing, I'm interested to see if Michael Baskerville gets gets some snaps. He's been in the doghouse uh, just from what we've seen at spring. He's been very limited, and he's not injured. So we're trying to mm. see what what the deal is there. 
Who's going to be the quarterback? From what you've seen, if you had to make a, um, if you were the coach, from what you've seen, it's been limited, but you've seen a full, full two-hour practice under under, yeah. under the belts and all that stuff. Well, who's who's the best? Yeah, it, if if you you ask me, I say Jaden Daniels. If you ask another media member or some other media guys, I feel like if you took a media poll, we got to get a media poll going. I feel like it's pretty. <laughs> I feel like Brennan's starting to take the lead in a lot of people's minds. Um, I still think Daniel's legs and mobility are are very very elite, and Brennan is still a statue. And so I, I think that that is going to be the difference in the end. But um, Brennan's played well. Brennan's played well. I'm going to stick with Daniel's uh, coming out of spring, though. Who knows? Maybe tomorrow they, Daniel throws five picks, and I overreact and fade Brennan. We already saw Corey Kiner running back enter the transfer portal. Do you foresee maybe a Garrett Nussmeyer if it comes down to those two quarterbacks possibly entering the portal, or do you think they're secure with all four quarterbacks now? No, there's definitely a chance. I I wouldn't be shocked by it uh, at all. However, obviously, you look at Daniels and Brennan. Brennan's last year of eligibility, Daniels, uh, if he gets the job, you know, he's he's hoping – probably to have a good season and go pro, you know, there are avenues to where Nussmeyer next year would probably be the leader in the clubhouse. But, um, you know, who knows nowadays if, if he's thinking like that. He did retro last year, so he still has four years of eligibility, which is kind of going to be enticing to teams. Uh, I could see Nussmeyer in the transfer point. I could maybe see maybe – see some other, maybe an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman or something. It, it's it's tough right now because there are so many guys sure. who transferred in that obviously those guys aren't leaving. And then there's freshmen that came in. So it's just a lot of moving pieces at this point that we're trying to sort out. Matthew Bruni, go to four seven sports. Um, from what you've seen and in talking to other members uh, in your field, has there been a position group that you were really, really concerned about that maybe you aren't now? And on the flip side, maybe one that you were confident in that you may not be so confident in now. I went into this being somewhat concerned about the linebacker position, um, but I think Greg Ken and Mike Jones and even Michael Basco, if he you know, gets back to whether it's being a starter or being a key guy there, I mean, that's that's pretty strong. And then you have D.J. Jalari at, at outside linebacker slash defensive end position. I think that's actually going to turn out to be a, a strength for this team because um, Greg Penn has been talked up a lot from Coach House, from everybody. So mm-hmm. see Greg Penn take that step up that you needed, and even Mike Jones as well. So if those two can, can be that one-two punch in the middle, um, at, at least coming out of spring, I feel a lot better about that. And then on the other end, I mean, the we, we knew the we knew the the tight ends would be limited. Uh, I think corner is an interesting spot because obviously Derek uh, uh, Bernard Converse has been out for the past couple weeks, and it's really highlighted their lack of depth there. They did just yeah. sign seven banks uh, from Ohio State, which is big, but even then, still, you know, you you're, you're not looking very deep at that that cornerback spot. You're going to need seven banks to be good. You're going to need Bernard Converse to really be able to play. But I think Makai Garner at least has been solid. Are we going to have an all-transfer secondary, starting secondary? Mm-hmm. Jay Ward will be the only one, I believe, right? Because Greg Brooks in the nickel, uh, Bernard Converse and Makai Garner on the outside, you presume, or seven banks. And then um, – 
Joe Fouché at the other safety. So yeah, four out of five transfers. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy, man. Always in every it. camp that in every camp there always is um, a lot of rumblings about man, this kid uh, is really really good. Has there been anybody that stood out? Um, maybe a newcomer or somebody that's been there that's kind of the lights come on. Is there anybody that's making some noise? And, wow, watch out for this guy. I'll say freshman-wise, Quincy Wiggins, defensive lineman, he's, he looks very, very impressive. Like He looks okay. like he could be a slightly – I don't know his exact dimensions here, but he looks like a slightly smaller version of Mason Smith, like physically. He just looks really good. Makai Wingle also on the defensive line. Both of them have been in second-team reps uh, a lot. Uh, so those two on defense, and then offensively, I think Tremont Shorts could be. I mean, he's basically been running first team left guard the entire um, the entire uh, spring. So, yeah, those those three I think are, are guys who have stepped up. Miles Frazier has also been in and out of the first unit, uh, but yeah, Shorts, Frazier, Wingo, and uh, Wiggins are probably the four that I would say. Um, Matthew Bernie, go two four seven sports. Kayshawn Butte is the is the go to guy. Who's his wingman at wide receiver? I love I love Malik Neighbors. I mean, he's versatile. He's fast. He's made a lot of plays this spring. I love Malik Neighbors. Obviously, you'll get a lot of people to say Jack Best, rightfully so. He's really good. Um, you know, Kyron Lacey's had a pretty good camp. Uh, Jare Jenkins has, has been good. Um, Brian Thomas has been solid. So you have options there. I could see Malik Neighbors having a really, really good year, and uh, that's not – to say Jack Best or other guys won't, but Malik Neighbors has been really good uh, to me this spring. All right. Uh, One o'clock tomorrow, the LSU uh, L Club spring football. I don't know what you call it. Um, Scrimmage, whatever it is, uh, offense versus defense, all kind of complicated scoring. And I I just, I I don't, uh, anyway, you know, my feelings about spring football What's that now? Who do you have winning the offense or the defense? Um, I'm gonna take the defense. We need a game. Okay, I'm gonna All take right. the defense. Yeah, we, we need a because I think the defense knows exactly what the offense is gonna do. I think they're gonna cheat, and uh, I think they're gonna score points that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they I, mean, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't look, be, I wouldn't be shocked. When when I played basketball at LSU, we all knew what everybody was gonna do. Man, it was hard to score points. It was hard when you knew exactly what the play was and where people were going. It's hard. So I. I'm always going to give the defense the advantage uh, in games like this, but I don't put any stock in it whatsoever. I've seen too many LSU football players be unbelievable in spring, in the, at the spring game. And when the fall comes around, they don't even get on the field. So I don't put any stock in it at all. Um, uh, yeah. Matthew, LSU baseball had to get that win last night. Uh, Hilliard was terrific. Uh, Matthew yep. Barry with two bombs um, tonight. You know, what are we going to get from Blake Money? I guess that's the question. That is that is the question because Hilliard at this point has been about as reliable as, as you can ask from yep. this from this group. So, uh, you know, hopefully Money can get into later innings. That's really what you want from him. Take pressure off the bullpen, which you know the bullpen is going to be big for them on Saturday. So, um, But at the end of the day, I think, you know, fielding and hitting is kind of more of the uh, – more of what this team – is going to have to rely on. And so if they can have play a clean game in the field. And then if their bats can play similar to how they did last night and put guys in scoring position, 
I mean, Barry obviously two home two home runs, and we'll we'll see. It's a series that you have to at least get two one. You know, you have to get two wins yeah. out of preferably if you can get a sweep. You're you're looking yeah. good because Missouri is uh, not as potent as some of these other no. teams. Uh, game two tonight at six thirty. Kentucky gets Oscar Shebway, the NCAA College oh, Basketball yeah. Player of the Year, to come back. LSU gets six nine forward uh, Derek Fountain, who averaged one point eight points per game for Mississippi State. I'm the eternal optimist, but man, this LSU basketball team this year—that ooh, ooh, you better get yeah. your nose yeah. clipper. You better get your clothespin out and put it over your nose because they're gonna stink. Oh man, uh, I I'm I've been pessimistic. I've I think I told you before. Uh, Justice Hill is the only one I can really definitely see as a starter. Um, I will say Fountain film looked a little better than me than his numbers did, and I've been kind of down on a lot of the players that they've got, but Fountain's been one that I've been like, okay, this guy, I see the potential here. So okay. maybe you get um, maybe you get the most out of him, but, yeah, they're definitely, there's definitely some spots on this team that they're going to need filled, um, and that's not just Mwani, Wilkinson, and, and uh, <laughs> Justice Williams stepping up. You know, they're going to need some other cats in here. Oh my God, it's going to be bad. I, I'm not saying, look, and it's not the coach's fault. It is what it is. He's got to get a full recruiting cycle under his belt and go from there. But, ooh, ooh I don't, they got eight players. What are they going to do? How many yeah. more can they get? Then the transfer portal yeah. close in a, like uh, a week or two, a week at the most? Well, that's, that's for football. Football, football closes May 1st. Okay. Um, so I think basketball goes a little bit beyond that. So we'll, we'll see. I think there's still some time, but. Yeah, they're still going to need also to take some 2022s freshmen. You can't just have one freshman on this team, so right. that'll be difficult Oof. if they can get those. Um, definitely a bunch of hurdles. Uh, not many big names here, um, but no. you know we, we knew we knew first year would be would be tough. Going to be really tough. Uh, Kim Mulkey keeps keeps getting transfers. What do you think of her <laughs> uh, accumulation of talent? Yeah, I, I did a story on them yesterday. I actually like all three of them. Uh, the Martinez girl. From West Virginia was first team all Big Twelve in twenty 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 one. She can shoot. She's versatile. I could see her putting up you know close to like twelve and eight a game. Mm-hmm. And then they had uh, another guard from West Virginia. And um, yeah, so it's going to be interesting. I, I like their team. I like their makeup right now. Uh, and you know, Mulkey continues to be like, you know, we lost five seniors. Don't expect the world from us. But I don't. I don't know how. If they're gonna they're gonna take that. I think that they're gonna be expecting to win games. Yeah, she's got the old Bear Bryant uh, mannerisms of, eh, well, I don't know about that. And then they just go out and win games, and they keep winning games, and they keep winning games. Okay, uh, we shall see. All right, again, you got to find out the answer. Who dropped the ball? Um, because you know what people are gonna start saying. Well, Brian Kelly doesn't care a thing about uh, teamwork and, you know, LSU baseball is very important here, but he doesn't care. <laughs> Football's the king and he's going to do what he, you know how people talk. Somebody dropped yeah. the ball. I don't know who did or why, but just doesn't make any it, sense. So Matthew, it, go find the answer, man. Go, go delve yeah. and get it for me. They're, they're going to be, people are going to start spreading the rumors that Brian Kelly and Jay Johnson have some beef. Like, this is, yeah, of course. Exactly. Dad, you know how this garbage starts, and there's no merit to it whatsoever, but my goodness gracious, um, we shall see. All right, Matthew, um, pretty soon you'll get a break. I don't know when, but soon you'll get a break. But as of right now, uh, your platter is full. Thank you for your time. Have a great weekend. 
Thanks for having me, man. Anytime. You're the best. Matthew Bruni, go to four seven sports. Yes, indeed. Uh, by the way, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, wants to take you out to the ball game with our latest Astros weekend getaway. The Astros take on the Texas Rangers May 21st, and you can be there. Register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets, a ballpark tour, and hotel accommodations that Saturday night. Astros weekend getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Le Meridian, Houston downtown, and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We'll wrap up hour number one, set the stage for hour number two as we return after this timeout on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, brought to you by Eon of Lafayette. Smarter body contouring, the first robotic touchless laser body contouring device for non-invasive permanent fat loss. Stay with us. Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Oh my goodness, Festival International is officially sold out of the Lanyap passes for 2022, but <laughs> lucky for you, you can still score one thanks to the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. See, the Lanyap Pass gives you access to air-conditioned restrooms, Express beverage lines, emphasis, express beverage lines. So no sweating in the hot sun for the restrooms or drinks. To win a pair of Lanyap passes, when you simply text FIL, Phil, FIL to 68683. That's FIL to 68683. It's the Festival International winning weekend from the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Coming up, Larry Holder, NFL Draft. George Faust, all things Cajuns. George Becknell, James Mesh, and I will knock it around. Hour number two straight ahead on the Jordy Helper Show. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. Streaming live on 1037 The Game mobile app and online at 1037thegame.com. It is a Saints touchdown. This is the Jordy Holberg Show. Hey, baby, we're going to be here. Call us up at 337-706-0111. I like this kind of party. Now, here's your host, Jordy Holberg. Hour number two of two and away we go. So glad you're with us on this Friday, April 22nd, the year 2022. We're brought to you by Eon, which is smarter body contouring inspired by a woman and her team of robotics engineers who looked around and witnessed a plethora of devices that ineffectively reduced fat, whether they were pulling or pinching or sucking or freezing or whatever. Well, they got smarter, they got better, and they figured it out. Eon is smarter body contouring, the first robotic, touchless, laser body contouring device for non-invasive, permanent fat loss. We are six days away with the first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. The Jacksonville Jaguars select. Yes, it's the NFL draft. That means it's time for our good friend from the athletics. It's been a while because of Good Friday and other things. Uh, but Larry Holder from the Athletic, kind enough to join us. 
Larry, good afternoon, man. It's been too long. How are you? I'm good, Jordy. Yeah, it's uh, like busy times here uh, in New Orleans. And then, yep. of course, uh, it will uh, continue to be busy into next week. So, yeah, lots, lots to talk about down here. Are the Pelicans actually stay, stealing the thunder right now over the NFL draft and the Saints? Maybe for a few minutes until <laughs> we actually get to the draft next week. But uh, there's no doubt uh, it's uh, when the Pelicans are actually playing well, the uh, the area pays attention and yes. sells out the uh, the Smoothie King Center, uh, and that's that that doesn't happen too often in the regular season, not in the last couple of years. So it's no. uh, but yeah, I, I think there's also a sense that uh, I mean, look, the circumstances what they are with Devin Booker uh, being out for uh, at least a little while. Uh, yep. That the Pelicans have a chance to steal this series, not just like game three, like to steal the series. And so I think that that is really kind of brought some uh, uh, some zest. The fact that they won game two and that uh, the you know the Suns are without one of the best players in the league. That's kind of brought some uh, some positivity down here with the Pelicans. Okay, before we get to the draft and all that stuff, you know, Ben Simmons is eyeing a return on Monday. That's got people talking. Well, could Zion possibly do something as well? If you were the Pelicans and if Zion said, man, I'm ready, I want to play, would you play him? Well, I feel like he's probably saying that. And 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 just kind of my read, like I'm not there every day. Uh, right. So, I, you know, but still, uh, I just get a sense that the the Pelicans kind of they feel like they probably got something good going right now, and where would Zion fit into that? And so you know, but is that enough of an excuse to keep a a great player like him out? Uh, you know, it's uh, it seems to me that uh, whatever his health is, they're not going to play him. And so I'm just I'm just assuming going forward that that will not happen. Uh, and you know, maybe that changes if you get deeper in the playoffs. But I you yeah. know who. And thing, but who knows? I'm I'm under just under the assumption that he will not play again this year. I just see this Willis Reed moment coming out of the tunnel. I don't know. I'm just kidding. Anyway, all right. Um, last time we talked, I remember you said, if I'm correctly I, uh, paraphrasing, you were going to look at all these draft simulations, and there's a good. Does it? How? I mean, there's more draft mock drafts and simulators out there than. Uh, than the law allows, but you were going to look at most of them and come up with a game plan. Is that, have you done so? Uh, yeah, I've, I did for the athletic. Uh, I did 40 simulations of round Jeez. one. Uh, 20 Jeez. of them allowed trades. 20 of them did not. And uh, it was, uh, it's really the eye of the beholder. Uh, you know, it, it's, yeah. Uh, some of them want to throw a quarterback at the Saints. Some of them want them to trade up for a quarterback. I, I just can't see that. Some of them want to mm. trade up for an offensive lineman. Uh, if you're going to trade up, that would make more sense to me uh, than, than any other position. If you're going to have to trade up high, uh, that position would make the most sense to me just because that the, the, the top talent is offensive line, edge rusher. They're not trading up for an edge rusher. They would trade up right. for a, a tackle. So if they did that, I would I would applaud that move. I would not applaud a, a draft up for a quarterback. But like I think that the Saints have to be as open minded as ever because I feel like this is the first draft in such a long time where quarterback was not a given, even in the top ten. I'm trying to think back when would 
it was like uh, EJ Manuel when he was like a mid first round pick. Like that, you know, that's how far back we yeah. have to go that you yeah. didn't assume quarterbacks would be going really high. And so yeah. uh, and there's so much uncertainty, which is part of why it's hard to uh, predict what the Saints will do, much less what even the Jacksonville Jaguars will do. I mean, you could assume that's what I was going to ask, but that might not yeah, be the case. Is there, I mean, there's not a consensus number one player, but is is the list more than a handful? Is it less than a handful of, of potential number one overall picks? I'd probably say it's probably about a cluster of about five. Um, okay. you, know, you have Trayvon Walker from uh, Georgia, he, you know, another edge rusher, uh, uh, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. He's kind right. of an enigma. You're wondering uh, how he might fit. There's a lot of, it's funny, there's a lot of comparisons uh, of him to Jadavian Clowney, but I think gotcha. that's just part of. Uh, you know, they don't know how he's going to be, and so if they're going to peg someone who they don't know how he's going to be, even though he's like a physical uh, freak, it's going to be Clowney uh, to uh, to Thibodeau. So I, fair or not, that's kind of where you are. Uh, and then uh, you look at uh, Ikem Ikwonu from right. North Carolina State. Uh, you look at him or Evan Neal as top tackles. Charles Cross might be in that conversation. Uh, who knows about Ahmad Gardner? Of course, Sauce Gardner from Cincinnati, a corner. But to, you know, it's like two of those three positions. The Saints don't necessarily need that player, <laughs> so yeah. it's almost like right. eh, you're not really looking at that point. And so, uh, but I, I feel like it's of I'd say probably Hutchinson, um, Iquono, Neil Walker. Those probably those players are, and maybe Thibodeau. You're probably considering those for the number one pick. But I would be. Uh, I would probably put it either Hutchinson or Walker uh, because I think okay. Jacksonville needs an edge rusher more than they need tackles. Uh, so I would I would probably put it uh, one of those two edge rushers going number one. What's the first? What's the team out there? You've got, um, you know, Jacksonville doesn't need a quarterback. Detroit number two, the Texans number three. Uh, the Jets at number four, the Giants. I mean, who's what team is going to be the team that picks a quarterback? Or is there going to be a big trade to move up um, if some team really, really, really likes a quarterback? Who do you think that is? I'm not discounting Detroit at two. I mean, Jared Goff's not your future. So, no. But do you love who you have in this draft enough to go get someone like uh, Malik Willis. I mean, is that, you know, you play golf this year and then Willis plays next year. Uh, so, you know, I, the Texans, I mean, it sounds like Davis Mills could be their guy, but do we really have this ultimate trust in Davis Mills to be their yeah. quarterback? And so, uh, like, the Giants, they sounds like they want to give Daniel Jones one more run. I mean, I'm discounting the Jets because they just drafted a guy last year. Yeah. Uh, and then that leaves Carolina and uh, it's uh, that is a big question. I mean, Carolina is probably the linchpin. Like, if if there's no quarterback taken, and then quarterback falls past Carolina, then who knows who quarterbacks will be taken? So maybe yeah. some teams might get antsy and move up and say, "All right, the price won't be as high." But that's a you know that's a risk. You, you're if you're a GM, you'd have to be uh, okay with taking if you love one of these guys. And I just don't know if teams love these guys. Like I mean, when you look at the quarterback rankings, and I lean on my guy uh, Dane Brugler. Uh, at the yeah. Athletic, he's got Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis. They're quarterback one and quarterback two. But on his big board, they're ranked 30th and 32nd. 
Wow. So this is major wow. reach town if you're yeah. uh, if you're really dying for a quarterback. There's a quarterback out there that's looking for a team, Baker Mayfield. I mean, it seems like doesn't Seattle need a quarterback? Are they just waiting for um, Cleveland to just have to release him so they don't have to pay a lot of money to get him? What's going on there? Well, it would seem like he could go to Seattle. Uh, Carolina would, would be yep. a fit. Maybe even someone like Pittsburgh. I don't know, even though they signed Trubisky. Uh, you know, yep. it, it, it's, I, I think teams just don't want to trade for him. So if, if the Cleveland releases him, I'm sure it would be easier for him to land a spot. But, uh, and also, I don't, yeah, I don't think teams want to, want to pay the salary that they're going to have to pay him. If he's released, then the deal gets cheaper. So, yeah. and you don't you lose assets, but when is that going to happen? I don't know. Uh, I think yeah. that's, uh, you know, we probably got a week uh, before. I'm not. I don't even know if something happens at the draft. It could. It might right. not. But I, you, you have to think that uh, teams are monitoring this, and uh, you know, I think that uh, I think Baker and Cleveland together were just a combustible bunch. Uh, right. You know, I think maybe Cleveland needs more stability, and I mean that's arguable with Deshaun Watson and still his situation, <laughs> even though the criminal charges are gone. Uh, yeah. But. Also, Baker to get out of that that sort of uh, climate uh, in Cleveland, which always seems to be divisive uh, for, yeah. for for some players. Uh, no question, Larry Holder, the Athletic. Um, Derek Stingley have to wait long before he gets his name called. Did he do enough at the pro day at the LSU's pro day to convince people? Man, I keep telling him he could be the steal of the draft uh, if he's like at twelve. He could be the best player in this draft. Like I. I you and me have seen enough of him to know yeah. he's a phenomenal player. And so I don't think he, all of a sudden he just got bad at football. Like, right. Obviously, I don't think people think that, and I'm exaggerating here, but uh, he is a top-five talent. I mean, he just is. And so he might last – he won't get past the midway through the first round. I mean, he's not going to fall and plummet or anything, but I just think some team is going to be real fortunate to draft him because I think he's – if he's right physically, he's going to be dynamite in the NFL. I'm convinced. All right, let's go to Larry Holder's thoughts on what the Saints do with their two first-round picks. <laughs> oh boy, it might even be their pick, and I wouldn't even know. Like on the clock, I, I wouldn't even. I feel like I wouldn't know. But uh, <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Sean Payton played uh, the uh, one of the programs at the Zurich Classic uh, this this uh, this week. I heard and that was basically yes. beating the drum that the did not need to draft a first-round wide receiver. And yes. uh, I, I don't necessarily agree with his opinion on that. <laughs> okay. I think that <laughs> if someone was there and it falls right, they should, uh, because I think they have plenty of viable receivers in this draft that could fit what they need. Uh, but uh, like, I, I think some you know, offensive line to me is where you look, specifically tackle. I mean, Trevor Penning uh, would be a guy, he's our fourth tackle at the athletic on our big board okay. from Northern Iowa. Uh, but, but here's the thing. It's like, you better take one at 16 because the, the chargers might take one right afterward. Then you might be left with not a tackle at 19. So right. I think that's right. a, something you got to monitor because the chargers right tackle spot is not a good spot. They need, they are desperate. They need a tackle uh, for that side of the football. So look, I think somebody like that, I mean, even some, I'll throw in some wild card names, maybe even Dax Hill, a safety from Michigan, Jordan Davis, one of the defensive tackles from Georgia. You, you can't discount the Saints kind of going a little off off the radar here, but I feel yeah. like 
there's obvious needs, and then when that happens, the Saints don't go the obvious needs. So it's uh, it's definitely, uh, like I said, it will come up. It'll be their pick, and I'll still be uncertain of exactly who they might target. I'm with you, but let's go back. Why did the what in the history of Mickey Loomis and that group? Why did they make a trade to get two picks in the first round? Why, why, what, what's behind that? What's the hidden message? I think they felt like they didn't want to spend a ton in free agency. They saw what happened in 2017. They rebuilt through the draft, made them okay. a really good team. I think that's the blueprint they're going for. And la- you remember the last time they had two first-round picks, the, the second one was until the end of the first round, and they end up getting Ryan Ramchek, who is – uh, yeah. Right now, a top five pick from that 2017 draft. I mean, that's just yeah. that's where he is and how good he's played. So I think the Saints are trying to replicate that magic, uh, and it's not like, all right, if we want to, we still think we can compete now. Uh, let's try to get young, cheap players okay. that we know will be with the team. These two first round picks could be with the team for five years and beyond. I mean, we've seen yeah. Lattimore and Ramchuk; they're going to be going <laughs> past the five year mark with the Saints, and so it's. I think they are looking to replicate that. And I also feel like free agency, it's not like, uh, yeah, and I know everyone wanted Tyron Matthew. I understand that. But I just feel like that the crop of free agency is, is always overplayed. Uh, you know, I think that yeah. people overpay. And if you win in April or if you win in March in free agency, you typically don't win because you probably made a bad move. Perfect sense. Larry Holder, you're the best, man. Um, golly, well, I guess we'll recap round one and see, see what the Saints did next week. So oh, be yeah. sure. Talk round one, I, I, round I got two, you locked in, man. You got I got it. you. <laughs> I'll be there. You're the best. Larry, have a great weekend, man. Thank you. All right. Jordy, see you, buddy. Larry Holder of The Athletic. You know, it's time to laugh until it hurts, but the pain's going to be for a great cause. Cajun Comic Relief returns Saturday, April 23rd. That's uh, tomorrow at Angel Hall. The comedy event with its proceeds benefiting the Cajun Navy Ground Force will feature comedians and entertainers Sam Jobert, Steve Shaw, and the raging Cajun John Morgan. KADN News anchor Jeff Horshack and our very own Raymond Parse III will serve as co-MCs for the event. Tickets cost just 30 bucks and can be purchased at eventbrite.com. We're going to go to KLFY's George Faust after this timeout. The Jordy Helpert Show, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. April 22nd, 1990. Indianapolis selects Illinois quarterback Jeff George with the number one overall pick in the NFL draft. George plays four seasons with the Colts and suits up for seven teams in his 14-year career. That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back 21 minutes after the hour. It's Friday. That means you know what time it is. Let's do it. There's no better way to wrap up the work week than talking with the man regarded as the king of Acadiana sports media, KLFY sports director George Faust. It's time for Fridays with Faust here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. George, what's happening, my friend? It's been a while. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing well. How about you, Jordy? 
I am uh, good. Back in the saddle. You got the kids in tow. They, they're, they're still out of school, and you're just doing everything. That's right. They are, they are out of school, and uh, it is a I'm, – in fact, I'm, uh, I'm lifting water and putting it in my trunk right now. So how about that? Man, you, you are unbelievable. Making time for me during all this. You know, it's been a while. I hadn't talked, and I've been out of town. And who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Raging Cajuns? Did you determine anything from their spring game? Man, you know, it looks like uh, Ben Woolridge really kind of took a little bit of uh, a head start. Uh, I mean, uh, kind of a, a, a stranglehold, if you will, on okay. the um, on the uh, on the job, just because. Uh, he had a better performance with regards to, uh, you know, I guess the, the completions he had. The, he scored some touchdowns. You know, uh, Chandler played well, according to Coach Dez. Uh, uh, but uh, I think Ben kind of had a better performance in that contest. You know what I mean? I, I think yeah. that's the that was the decide at the moment. I think he's probably maybe pushed himself a little bit ahead of Chandler with regards to the starting quarterback position. Hmm. Interesting. Anybody else stand out that you went, okay, I didn't know about this guy, but he's going to be good. He's going to help. Well, there, there are a few guys that, that, that I, uh, that kind of, you know, were thinking about they, I know that on the defensive side, they had a couple of guys that, uh, the, the kid's name escapes me. For some reason, Cameron is popping in my head, but I can't, it escapes me at the moment. He's a, okay. he's a defender and he kind of caught a lot of, a lot of, a lot of the coach's eyes and he's been doing it all practice for the whole spring. So there's a, there's a couple of guys that like that where, you know, they're getting their opportunity and, and uh, trying to make the most of it as they, uh, as they begin uh, fall practice here coming up on, in, in a couple of months. A couple of months. You know, LSU's got a whole new coaching staff. The Raging Cages have a new head coach. Some, some have been retained. He's brought some new ones in. What kind of feel do you get? How different is it with Coach Dez as compared to what, Billy Napier was doing, or is it you see similarities? Oh, I, I think there's some similarities. I think the biggest difference is that Coach Dez is, is uh, a little more approachable. Uh, if if um, that if you get what I'm saying, like I mean, you can you can. I feel like I I have as a member of the media, you have a, a little more access to Coach Dez than uh-huh. you did to Coach Napier, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm just saying from my perspective, right. It seems like he, he he's more accessible, makes himself more accessible uh, with regards to the the being available for you know interviews whenever you want it, as opposed gotcha. to hey here's the here's the schedule. This is the only time you'll ever get to talk to me. And and, and I think that's just different styles. Um, with regards to the on the on the field play, I think the mentality is the same, right? You don't look right. at the result. You you work your tail off. You, you get to you know the result will happen in the end. But uh, if you're doing everything right, when you get to the end of the day, that, that result will be what you expect it to be That's because great. you put in the work uh, along the way. And I, I don't think there's the, the same, you know, different verbiage of things like, uh, you know, Coach Napier, he, he's even doing that in Florida where he's got the, like the, all the different uh, stages of the offseason and he calls mm-hmm. them different things. And, and uh, I think Coach Dez has the, a similar situation. It's just not the same terminology. Gotcha. Uh, George Faust from KLFY. All right, let's go to um, softball now. Man, Jerry Glasgow said, let's go on the road. Let's see how tough we are. Man, <laughs> 6-0. and oh. 
and they're trying to keep this thing going against App State um, today in Boone. Man, go on the road and find yourself. That, look, and, and everybody was talking. We before they left, I was like, man, they're going to go on this road trip. This is a massive uh, undertaking, and it started with, like, bad weather, too. I think they had some yeah. bad weather across the Midwest where they were. And so they had to kind of ride that out as well. But, uh, look, sometimes that, that you get away from things, it might help you out a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. you kind of can refocus on just the team and just worry about the team. And, look, they don't have to worry about school right now because they're out, right? Spring break. So right. uh, they're, they're, they're all focused in on softball. And, and they've been able to – I mean, look, they, 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 they scored St. Louis and then got two big wins over uh, two, two premier uh Power Five programs, uh, right. Premier being in quotation marks, but uh, two Power Five programs in Illinois and Indiana, and and uh, so yeah, look, we know this team's good. We knew that from the start. We knew there would be a learning curve for them because they are so young, and I think they've seen a lot of good play out of Megan Shoreman uh, in the circle. I think she's been able to kind of step her game up a little, and Coach uh, Coach Glasgow has been talking about the fact that look the. Uh, she she has she, he likes the way they use her. They use her. They come bring her in as a kind of a, a reliever, but they can also right. use her as a starter if they need to. Yeah. And then yeah. softball has some interesting rules where, like, if you exit the game, you can enter. And I I, I don't know all those rules. It's like but, hockey but to Coach, me. I don't understand it. It's like hockey. I can't figure it out. <laughs> right, right, right. Coach Glasgow understands, and I guess that's all we need to worry right. about. Make sure that he knows what he's talking about. But yeah, I saw, so if she, if she comes out the game, she can come back in sometimes, and that actually worked a, a few times for him uh, prior to leaving on this uh, what eleven twelve day road trip yeah. that they're on. Uh, but uh, I think he's really impressed with the way Megan Schwarman's been playing, and uh, he likes that having you know Kendra Lamb, Sam Landry, and and Megan Schwarman. All just those three are providing a great lift to the team when it comes to pitching in the circle there. I have never seen anything like that. And you're in the middle of your conference play and you go on this long. I've never seen that before in baseball um, or softball on the college front. Got to be one of the most unique situations ever. Uh, But now they're back in conference play. We'll see what they do against App State. We knew the Cajun softball team would be good. Is this Cajun baseball team getting better? Look, I, I think they, they've kind of hit a – look, I've said it all year, and I've said it to you a lot. This team is scrappy. They can hit. Uh, I think if they, if they can figure out what, they're, what they wanna, want to do uh, uh, on the mound, I think that's what's been lagging a little bit. Maybe the defense a little lagging too. But, hey, Coach, Degs' style is, hey, we're going to go hit the ball, right? And we're going to be scrappy and go hit the ball. We're going to run on you. And you've seen that over the past couple of weeks. Where they've been, they've been able to uh, kind of hit hit their way into wins and uh, and and hold on uh, with regards to the defensive side of the things. Uh, I I really am impressed with the way they hit the ball. It, it's fun to watch. I, I, you know, okay. just going out and being able to check out a couple of their games. It, it is it is really exciting to watch this team play. I mean, Carson Rockefort, uh, he he's having a phenomenal year. Tyler Robertson, he he tr they call him, and and look. He is uh, totally real. He is definitely the real deal, man. He is, he's fun to talk to after the game, too. I mean, just a, a really down-to-earth kid who's got a lot of talent, 
and uh, and and is is uh, you know it's fun. It, it, like I said, I mean, it is fun to watch those guys swing the stick because they do a phenomenal job and they blast it. <laughs> they aren't afraid to hit home runs. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they'll, they'll get out there and, and let it rip. So. Uh, I think that what's most impressive is, you know, they've kind of improved their batting average throughout the year. I, I think they're above 270 right now uh, as a team. And Carson Rockford, Tyler uh, Robertson, those guys are the guys that are kind of leading the way with that. I mean, there's other guys that are doing helping out and yeah. doing their part as well. But uh, those mm-hmm. those are the two guys that kind of jump to the forefront. Well, a pivotal series at Georgia State begins today at five o'clock, um, and we'll see for the nine and six Sun Belt uh, Cajuns what they can do. I've always, I've always been concerned. LSU's changing, putting people in the leadoff spot and dropping people around, and the Cajuns are doing the same kind of thing. And you said they could ever figure out what to do on the mound. Heck, they're thirty-six games in. You are who you are, and um, if you're still moving people around, that tells me that gives me issues on both clubs. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. You know, at this point, you should kind of have your your roster set. I think yeah, I think yeah. Deggs is, is doing it. He has an idea of what he wants to do. I, I, I think it's a matter of uh, making sure that that that's what's uh, what's, what's going to be the best for the for the, for the team. You know. All right, George, I can't thank you enough. Go back to the water and take care of those kids. I appreciate the time, man. You just go have a oh. fun and uh, enjoy the rest of your Friday, buddy. All right, man. Hey, hey I, dude, I love coming on, man. I'm not. I'm never going to tell well, you no. I'm counting on you, man. You're a hit. You're a hit. That's why we have the number one rated show, because I get great guests. And you're the, I, I look, you're the I, reason. I, I look, I'll, I'll, I'll take any compliment you throw my way, Jordy, but uh, I appreciate it. Always, always a pleasure talking. You got it, buddy. Take care. George Faust from KLFY. We'll head to the Zurich Classic where our George Becknell will be double dutying. He and James Mesh and I will knock some things around the park, make some predictions as well as we return here on the Jordy Helfert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. You're simply the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back at 36 minutes after the hour on this Friday, the 22nd day of April. And, uh, boy, it's my favorite time of the day and favorite day of the week because uh, I get my buddy George Becknell and I get uh, James Mesh, and we we talk a little bit um, as the Zurich Classic of New Orleans is back in the fray at the uh, beautiful TPC Louisiana he is our Michael Collins now. He is not only um, enjoying it, but reporting on it and talking with us. George Becknell from the Zurich Classic. How are you, man? How's the golf going? Jordy, I'm I'm, I'm fantastic. It's, it's a beautiful day out here in, uh, you know, in Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. You know, I'm, ha- I'm having a great time. The weather is perfect. It's a uh, great day for golf. Yeah. And, I, and the only thing that could make this day better, if I had my clothes myself and I was swinging. 
tell me you do. Tell me you're doing golf to, uh, in the afternoon and you got Pelican tickets tonight. Tell me. Tell me it's the dream day for George. It's, it's not the dream day for George. I'm going to be watching the Pelicans on TV, okay. but I'll probably be in a big blender on Sunday night. Oh, to okay. watch a basketball game. So, so the first round uh, was four ball and uh, the second round of day was foursomes in four ball. Cantley and Shoffley shot an absurd 59. Each player take, yeah. gets their ball throughout the course around. They just take the best score of the hole. Today's alternating tee shots, and they're still in the lead at 17 under, a very respectable 68. Tell the truth. Um, when when a pro golfer hits the ball, does it sound different than when George hits one? I tell you what, Jordan, it doesn't sound any different at all. What? I sound just as good as a pro golfer, but I'm going to tell you something, Jordan. It doesn't look the same. <laughs> it doesn't look the same. Because when George Brecknell hits a ball, it goes in the water, yeah. it goes in the rough. These pro these pro golfers are hitting it on the fairway, and I'm sitting here on the 18th hole, and they, they, they've been hitting it on the fairway with some consistency. Yeah, George Brecknell would have splashed it about 50% of the time. So Great food. Great, it sounds great. the same. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, I'd have to hear that to believe it. Um, <laughs> hey, whatever you food, want to play. Great food. Great drinks. How how good are the crowds? Is it a great crowd there? The crowd is amazing, Jordan. Like everywhere you look, there, there's there's people everywhere. There's people on every hole. There's people on every uh, you know in every and yeah. I see some. I see somebody talking to me now. This is it's, it's, it's just a great time. There's people in every stop. There's That's a great. bunch of uh. There's a bunch of food vendors here. There's a bunch of drink yes. vendors here. Everybody's Beautiful. having a great time. Good. It's a beautiful event. Well, I, I appreciate you now. Let's get to down to some business. I'm going to turn to my, my buddy James Mesh, the big topic, of course, the big game. Everybody's going to be watching game three tonight between the Pelicans and the Suns. No Devin Booker, but as C.J. McCollum said, James, a wounded animal is a very dangerous animal. So, James, who you got and why tonight in game three? Well, I wouldn't have come into the studio wearing my Zion Williamson jersey if I wasn't going to pick him. Oh. Yeah. I've been okay. wearing my Jason Tatum one all week, but I had to bring out the Zion one since they're playing tonight. And right. hopefully they get this win. I'm all I'm right. a predict them to take it. Okay. Can't say hopefully. You gotta say the Pels are gonna win. All right. Very good. Zion jersey. Okay. I thought you'd have a CJ McCullum jersey. Uh you're a guard, not a big. But anyway, all right, I got you. All right, George. You're looking very sporty out there. Um, game three tonight. Who you got and why? Well, Jordan, I, I applaud James for wearing Zion Williams' jersey, even though you know since somebody has to wear it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll take. I'll I, take I'm a lick. big, you know, as somebody that's got a big baby Davis in my in my career. Um, I'm gonna tell you <laughs> something, Jordan. <dropper. laughs> I'm gonna tell you something, Jordan. I don't guarantee much. I guarantee when the Saints would beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Yeah, I'm guaranteeing you that the Pelicans not only win tonight. But they win this series. I promise you. Hey. I promise you without Devin Booker, because because Jordan, we talk about NBA all the time. This is you and I, this is you and I's bond. We talk about this. The NBA is about the stars. And look, although while I respect Chris Paul a hell of a lot, Chris Paul is not a scorer. And who's stopping CJ McCullum and most importantly Brandon Ingram yeah. from going out and get buckets? Those those two people. 
will average 50 points for the rest of the series, and nobody can stop them. The All Pelicans right. will not only win game three tonight, but they're going to win the series. Okay. I, I, I hope you're right. And I, and I agree with both of you that the Pels will win tonight. Let me give you a little fact. Phoenix went 5-2 and two during a seven-game stretch sure. in December when Booker was out of action. December's a long time ago. I agree. Uh, sure. What, what got what got Phoenix those wins? Balance. Um, and I think the key is going to be can can the Pels shift their focus and contain DeAndre Ayton? Because I think they're going to feed him and feed him and feed him and try and get him off during those games. Ayton increased his scoring to 19 points a game. Cam Johnson to 15. Chris Paul had 14. Cam Payne averaged 13 points. JaVel McGee, 12. Mikhail Bridges, 11. Jay Crowder, 11. Landry Shamet, 10. So the balanced scoring effect of Phoenix is is dangerous, and that's what makes them – that's why so they, they won a lot of games. I agree. And look, and look I, you know, I respect the fact that you brought out all these stats, and that and is great. But in the playoffs, I know. it's about being able to get the rock and being able to create your own shot. And the only person that can do that on on the Phoenix Suns basketball team is Chris Paul. Yeah. And he's about 5'10", soaking wet. Yeah. Whereas and about 36, Ingram, 37 years old. Yeah. Yeah. 37 years old. Same age as me. Brandon Ingram, CJ McCullum, they can get the rocket. They can score the basketball by themselves. I don't believe in those role players in the playoffs. Aiden needs Chris Paul to create him a shot. And, and in the playoffs, you've got to have guys who can do their own thing and okay. you can throw them a rocket and they can get a bucket. And I don't think the Suns have enough guys. You know, Devin Booker's healthy. I would take the Suns. Yeah. But since he's not, the Pelicans got to be the obvious choice. All right. I hope we're all correct on that one. Uh, James Mesh, you do a mock draft. Uh, next next week when we all convene, we will know who the Saints have picked in the first round. Will they be picking two players? Will they combine them to get one? Will they trade back? Will they trade up? Will they stay pat? Give us, give us your thoughts on the Saints and the draft. I'm not asking for names. I'm asking for maybe uh, positions. I think they'll stay put where they're at. I think, like, I remember Mickey Loomis saying, like, a week or two ago, he said he could get four of his top 20 prospects with those first four picks and not have to move. So I, I don't think they would need to move. The only reason they would probably move up is to get a QB, but I don't even think that's really on their board unless one just falls to them and all the other ones are gone. And the last time the, the Saints have moved back in the draft was 2007. So right. I, I, I think them just staying put in, at 16 and 19, they have a great opportunity to snag a player that maybe Los Angeles Chargers might like and then make them have to go in a different direction and then take what's left of – between what the Eagles and the Chargers have picked recently. I think right, so I think was, getting it I say wide receiver and then looking at defensive tackle. Most of them are just all one year contract guys and depending on what David Onyemata does, this might be his last year. So getting a new defensive tackle like a lot of people say in Jordan Davis, but I'm really liking Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia because he reminds me a lot of Sheldon Rankins. Okay, all right. So you've got a wide receiver and a defensive lineman. All right, and the Saints standing pat. All right, George, Saints are at uh, 16 and 19. Do they stay pat? Do they trade up? Do they draft a quarterback? What What do you think the Saints do 
um, so, a week from Thursday. So, in my personal opinion, I, I'm with James. I, I, I like the defensive tackle. Um, I also been liking Chris Olave for a while for a couple of reasons. Number one, he has a relationship with Mike Thomas. Number two, for some odd reason, the Saints love Ohio State players. <laughs> they draft Ohio State players at like an obscene rate. I, I don't understand. But I, I, I like Olave. I like Olave. However, what I think they will do, I think they're going left tackle and quarterback. And it, and, and if any reason the guy from Liberty is still there or Kenny Pickett is still there, they're going to pick a quarterback because they only signed Jameis to a two-year deal. And I think they're thinking future, even though I prefer them to win now. So what I think they should do and what I think they will do is different. But Sean, Okay, Sean. Sean Payton came out at the at the Zurich Classic in the Pro Am and sure. said, "Don't need to draft a wide receiver in the first round. We got Michael Thomas in the second. You don't need a wide receiver." Drew Brees said, "You don't need a quarterback. You got Jameis. You got Andy Dalton. They both can win." Uh, and and I still like Taysom in in a, in a quarterback role. So I don't know. I, I just think that left tackle is such a glaring position of need. I don't know how you can turn your back. Yeah, let- to that, unless you, you think can't. there's somebody in the second round that's going to be available, I don't see how you turn your back to that. I don't. I hate the fact. That I think. I think so, a left tackle is is a need. All right. I, I hate the fact I, that Ohio State has so many players on the Saints team. That's why I don't want Chris Olave. <laughs> I want that dude from Alabama. I know he got hurt, but when that boy was healthy, he was unstoppable. Williams. Correct. So I'm going Jameson. offensively. Go ahead. Jamison Williams? Yeah, that's who I'm going with. I'm going with Yeah. Him. If he's around, I want him, and I want a big offensive lineman. All right, uh, James Mesh, do we determine who LSU's starting quarterback is going to be after this Saturday? I think I remember seeing reports, and even Matt Miga is the new show host for Crunch Time. He had also mentioned to me that LSU might go with a 2QB system. So I, I think it would be kind of a little bit of back and forth depending there on the timing. no way in snowballs, chance, and you know what, that they're going to be doing that. I'm telling you, Brian Kelly's never done that. He ain't going to be doing that on this one. That somebody's putting that out there so nobody transfers or anything like that. That ain't happening, dude. I'm telling you. So you Well, no matter what, I would, I would think Gus Garrett Nussmeyer is going to transfer. I think, he, okay. I think he's going to be out of here. Because he's not going to have any playing time. Because then after this, I feel like it once once sophomore year comes, it's going to be Walker Howard's team from here on out. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. I mean, um, you don't you don't sign so, him you don't sign him that early, and Brian Kelly having him the on his radar the whole time just for him to sit the first you three years. Have quarterback depth. You just can't have one quarterback. And Miles I'm not Brennan's saying you just have gone. one quarterback. Jaden Daniels is going to be gone after this year, in all likelihood. Uh, so now you just got two. Now you those two battle it out, and then you go from there. Um, we'll see. We'll see. He may very well. He may very well. But at this stage, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know enough about Garrett Nussmeyer. I don't know where he would go this late in the game at the quarterback position where there's so much involved in it. We shall see. Um, all right, George, do we know who the quarterback's going to be after this weekend? So I think so. Um, based on what I've seen, just watching LSU football, I would like to see Miles Brennan play quarterback. Okay. But in all honesty, I think it's going to be Jaden Daniels. 
Like, if you go leave as a starting quarterback from another program and you come to LSU, they promise you something, and I think he's going to end up playing. I'm with I'm with James in the sense that maybe Garrett Nussmeyer is the odd man out, but he's going to be the odd man out next year. He's going to stay on the roster. He might not get playing time. And I think Walker Howard is going to be the heir apparent at some point in the near future. Okay. But right now it's Jaden Daniels, in my opinion. Okay. Um, you keep mentioning I, Yeah, we'll see. Uh, there's a lot of recruits coming in. Apparently Arch Manning is starting to kind of think positively about LSU. I don't know what he's going to do. There's, he, he, look, yeah, that's just the nature of the beast. I, I remember playing at yeah. LSU, and every year – we always uh, we always recruited and signed guards, so you just got to be better than the guy next guy coming in. That's just a, that's just the competitive nature of the beast. All right, George, um, I'm gonna let you go. You go enjoy. Who are you following? Are you just how do you do a golf tournament? You stay at one spot and just wait till everybody comes, or do you follow a certain golfer that I, you really I, like? I stay at one uh, one spot right now. I'm on the uh, 18 T box. Okay. And I, I'm just seeing what's happening because the weakest part of my golf game is getting off the tee box. I'm inconsistent. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pick up what I can, and I'm just having a good time out here watching everybody. Uh, all right. We're going to set up a tee time one of these days, and uh, you can laugh at me, and I have no problem with it whatsoever. I probably uh, You laugh at me too, brother. <laughs> we can go anytime you want. All right, George, the Michael Collins of the Jordy Heltberg Show. Thank you so much. Man. You got the beard and everything. Um, so you're my new, you're our golf analyst. Thank you. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right, buddy. You take care. James, thank you. you. We'll take our final time out of the day. We'll come back and, uh, wrap this bad boy up. The Jordan Heltberg show on the game. One Oh three seven Lafayette one Oh four one Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Jordy Holtberg has been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast booth. But did you know he was also a star on the dance floor? You just wash the hair. You know, I work on my hair a long time, and you can hit my hair. John Travolta ain't got nothing on the blonde bomber. Now back to the man with all the moves. Jordy Holtberg and the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Alrighty, time to wrap this bad boy up. Thanks to Chris Connor on the Pell Suns, Matthew Bruni previewing LSU spring football with basketball and LSU baseball, Larry Holder on the upcoming NFL draft, George Faust, all things Raging Cajuns, and George Becknell and James Mesh and I just kind of bantering about it. Today, the 22nd day of April is your birthday. Happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share yours with Beast Mode. Marshawn Lynch is 35 years old today, and you can't handle the truth. Mr. Laker himself, Jack Nicholson, 84 years young. I hope everybody has a fabulous, fabulous rest of your Friday and even better weekend. Yes, indeed. Come on back Monday, same time, 2 to 4 p.m., same great stations. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. James, thank you so much for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening. Our partners, we couldn't do without you. Until Monday, God willing, I'm Jordy Helperk. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. That's the most important thing, my friends. And look, let's be kind to one another and let's be happy. See you Monday. So long, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>